Chapter thirty two of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter thirty two. Lucilla waited till twelve o'clock, as she has said, for Mr. Cavendish's visit, and so mingled their human sentiments even in the mind of a person of genius that there is no doubt she was at once a little disappointed and that mr cavendish gained largely in her estimation by not coming her pity began to be mingled by a certain respect of which to tell the truth he was not worthy but then miss marchbanks did not know that it was circumstances and not self-regard or any sense of dignity that had kept him back with the truest consideration it was in the dining-room that lucilla had placed herself to await his visit for she had made up her mind that he should not be disturbed this time by any untimely morning caller but as she sat at the window and looked out upon the garden and was tantalized by fifty successive ringings of the bell none of which heralded her expected visitor a gentler sentiment gradually grew in lucilla's mind perhaps it would not be just to call it positively regret but yet she could not help a kind of impression that if the archdeacon had never come to carlingford and if mr cavendish had never been so weak as to be drawn aside by barbara lake and if everything had gone as might have been expected from first appearances that on the whole it might have been well after all he had a great many good qualities he had yielded to panic for the moment but as far as lucilla knew he was now girding up his loins to meet the emergency in a creditable way and if as has been just said nothing had come in the way if there had been no archdeacon no mrs mortimer no barbara if mr chiltern had died as was to have been expected and mr cavendish been elected for carlingford then lucilla could not help a momentary sense that the arrangement altogether might have been a not undesirable one now of course all that was at an end by dexterous management the crisis might be tided over and the worst avoided but lucilla became regretfully conscious that now no fate higher than barbara was possible for the unfortunate man who might once and with hope have aspired to herself it was very sad but there was no help for it a certain tenderness of compassion entered miss marjoribanks's bosom as she realized this change it would be hard if a woman did not pity a man thus shut out by hard fate from any possibility of ever becoming the companion of her existence a man who on the whole had many capabilities yet whose highest fortune in life could not mount above barbara lake the thought filled lucilla's heart with gentle regret it was sad but it was inevitable and when mr cavendish's note was brought to her in which he said only and very briefly that though not sure whether he understood the meaning of her letter he should certainly do himself the pleasure of accepting as usual her kind invitation miss marjoribanks's regret grew more and more profound such a man who had been capable of appreciating herself to think that having known her he should decline upon barbara the pity was entirely disinterested for nobody knew better than lucilla that 
under the circumstances no other arrangement was possible he might marry the drawing-master's daughter but miss marchbanks was too well aware of her duty to her friends and to her position in society to have given her consent to his marriage with anybody's daughter in grange lane but still it was a pity nobody could say that it was not a pity a man so visibly capable of better things lucilla however could not afford to waste her morning in unprofitable regrets an evening so critical and conclusive had to be provided for in so many different ways among other things she had to invite or rather command the presence of a guest whom to tell the truth she had no particular desire to see the archdeacon was only a man when all was said and might change his mind like other men and to bring mrs mortimer to grange lane in the evening looking interesting as to be sure she could look by times after that unpleasant exhibition of dr marjoribanks's feelings was naturally a trial to lucilla mr beverley had drawn back once before and that when mrs mortimer was young and no doubt a great deal more attractive than at present and now that she was a widow forlorn and faded it would be no wonder if he were to draw back especially as lucilla acknowledged to herself when he saw the ancient object of his affections in her own society and among all the fresh young faces of grange lane and if the archdeacon should draw back and leave the field open and perhaps the doctor who ought to know better should step in when she had got so far lucilla rose up and shook out her draperies as if by way of shaking off the disagreeable idea at all events i have to do my duty she said to herself and thus it was with that last and most exquisite refinement of well-doing the thought that she might possibly be going to harm herself in benefiting others that miss marjoribanks heroically put on her hat and issued forth in the dinner-hour of the little pupils to invite her last and most important guest this period of suspense was not by any means a happy or comfortable period for mrs mortimer the poor widow was living in a constant expectation of something happening whereas her only true policy was to have made up her mind that nothing would ever happen and shaped herself accordingly to her life instead of eating her dinner as she ought to have done at that hour of leisure and fortifying herself for the weary afternoon's work she was sitting as usual at the window when miss marjoribanks came to the door and if it was a tedious business looking out of the window when the rain was drenching the four walls of the garden and breaking down the flowers and reducing all the poor little shrubs to abject misery it could not be said to be much more cheerful in the sunshine when pleasant sounds came in over that enclosure voices and footsteps of people who might be called alive while this solitary woman was buried and had nothing to do with life such a fate may be accepted when people make up their minds to it but when so far from making up one's mind one fixes one's thoughts upon the life outside and fancies that every moment the call may come and one may find one's place again in the active world the tedium grows more and more insupportable as for lucilla naturally she could not see any reason why mrs mortimer should sit at the window why she could not content herself and eat her dinner instead there are a great many people in carlingford who have not nearly such a pleasant look-out lucilla said 
for my part i think it is a very pretty garden the wisteria has grown quite nice and there is a little of everything said miss marchbanks and so far as that went she was no doubt the best judge having done it all herself oh yes it is very pretty and i am sure i am very grateful to providence for giving me such a home said the widow but she sighed poor soul as she said it for to tell the truth though she was not so young as she once was it takes some people a long time to find out that they themselves are growing old and have done with life and then outside in that existence which she could hear but could not see there was one figure which was wonderfully interesting to poor mrs mortimer which is a complication which has a remarkable effect on the question of content or discontent you ought to take a walk every day said miss marchbanks that is what is the matter with you but in the meantime there is something else i want you to do this is thursday you know and i have always some people on thursday it is not a party it is only an evening and no dress to speak of your black silk will look quite nice and be all that is necessary black is very becoming to some people said lucilla reflectively she looked at mrs mortimer with her head a little on one side and saw in a moment with the rapid glance of genius just what she wanted and some lace for your head miss marjbanks added i don't think you have gone off at all and i am sure you will look very nice it is at nine o'clock this evening lucilla said mrs mortimer faintly but you know i never go out i-i am not fit for society oh don't ask me please since poor edward died yes said lucilla it must have been a great loss i am sure though i can't say i mind going into a room alone as some people do but you know you can avoid that if you like by coming early come at eight and there will be nobody in the drawing-room and you can choose your own corner put it quite back at the back of your head said miss marchbanks with a little anxiety i could show you how if i had the lace i do so want you to look nice oh never mind the fashion when one has a style of one's own it is always twenty times better put it as you used to wear it before you were married and then with that nice black silk oh lucilla don't ask me said the widow i shall not know how to talk nor look nor anything and then i know nobody and then my dear you have always me said lucilla with tender reproach i am so sorry i can't stop any longer i leave it quite to your own taste about the lace and you will find people you know you may be quite sure of that remember not later than nine o'clock and come at eight if you don't like to come into the room by yourself good-bye now i want you to look very nice to-night miss marchbanks added giving her friend an affectionate kiss you must for my sake but lucilla cried mrs mortimer it was vain to make any further protest however for lucilla was gone having in the first place communicated her requirements to mary jane who was not likely to forget nor to let her mistress be late and mind she is nice said miss marchbanks emphatically as she went out at the door it was necessary that she should be nice 
without that the intended situation which lucilla was preparing the grand finale of her exertions would fall flat and probably fail of its effect for this it was necessary that the widow should look not only pretty but interesting and a little pathetic and all that a widow should look when first dragged back into society miss marchbanks gave a momentary sigh as she emerged from the garden door and could not but feel conscious that in all this she might be preparing the most dread discomfiture and downfall for herself even if it passed over as it ought to do and nobody was charmed but the archdeacon who was the right person to be charmed lucilla felt that after this she never could have that entire confidence in her father which she had had up to this moment the incipient sentiment dr marchbanks had exhibited was one that struck at the roots of all faith in him as a father and every person of sensibility will at once perceive how painful such a suggestion must have been to the mind of a young woman so entirely devoted as was miss marchbanks to the consolation and comfort of her dear papa lucilla was not allowed to spend the rest of this momentous afternoon in maturing her plans as might have been necessary to a lesser intelligence and when the refreshing moment came at which she could have her cup of tea before preparing for the fatigues of the evening it was mrs chiley who came to assist at that ceremony the old lady came in with an important air and gave lucilla a long lingering kiss as old ladies sometimes do when they particularly mean it my dear i am not going to stay a moment but i thought you might have something to tell me the kind old woman said arranging herself in her chair with the satisfaction of a listener who expects to be confided in as for lucilla who had no clue to mrs chiley's special curiosity and who had a good many things on her mind just at that moment which she rather preferred not to talk about she was for once struck by veritable astonishment and did not know what to say dear mrs chiley what should i have to tell you said miss marchbanks you know very well where i should go the very first moment if anything happened and by way of saving off more particular questions she took her old friend a cup of tea yes my dear i hope so said mrs chiley but at the same time her disappointment was evident it is very nice thank you your tea is always nice lucilla but it was not that i was thinking of i can't understand how it is i am sure when i saw him to-day with my own eyes and could not help seeing how anxious he was looking i hope i do hope you have not been so cruel as to refuse him lucilla and all for something that is not his fault poor fellow or that could be explained you may be sure as for miss marchbanks she grew more and more surprised she put away the kettle without filling the teapot and left her own cup standing untasted and went and sat down on the stool by mrs chiley's feet tell me whom i have refused this time for i don't know anything about it said lucilla and then her visitor burst forth it must be all that creature's fault he told me he was coming here and to tell the truth i stood and watched him for you know how interested i am my dear and then a little while after he met that barbara 
oh lucilla why were you ever so foolish as to have her here i told you how it would end when you brought those artist people about your house they are all a set of adventurers cried mrs chiley i saw them meet and i was so disgusted that i did not know what i was doing but he passed her as nicely as possible just a civil word you know and then he was passed just as i would have done myself for it is always best not to be uncivil to anybody i could see her standing as if she had been struck with lightning and naturally lucilla i never thought anything else than he had come here and that all was right between you oh my dear i hope you are sure you have not refused him mrs chiley said piteously anyhow lucilla you need not mind telling me i may be sorry but i will not blame you my dear i have not refused anybody said lucilla with a modest innocence that it was a pleasure to see but dear mrs chiley she continued raising her drooping eyelids i think you make a mistake about mr cavendish my own opinion is that barbara would make him a very nice wife oh please don't be angry i don't mean to say you know that i think her quite what one would call nice for oneself but then the gentlemen have such strange ways of thinking many a girl whom we could not put up with is quite popular with them said miss marjoribanks with a certain mild wonder at the inexplicable creatures whom she thus condescended to discuss i suppose they have a different standard you know and for my part i would advise mr cavendish to marry barbara i think it is the best thing he could do lucilla cried mrs chiley almost with a shriek of horror she thought as was perhaps natural that there was some pique in what her young companion said not doing miss marjoribanks justice as indeed few people did for that perfect truthfulness which it was lucilla's luck always to be able to maintain mrs chiley thought it was her young friend's maidenly pride and determination not to take up the part of a woman slighted or jilted you may refuse him my dear if your heart is not against him said the old lady but i would not be so hard upon him as that poor fellow you may say what you please but i always will think him nice lucilla i know i ought to be on the archdeacon's side said mrs chiley putting her handkerchief to her eyes but i am an old woman and i like my old friends best oh lucilla it is not kind of you to keep up appearances with me i wish you would give way a little it would do you good my darling and you know i might be both your grandmothers lucilla she cried putting her arm round her favourite as for miss marjoribanks she gave her old friend a close embrace which was the only thing that even her genius could suggest to do i have always you said lucilla with touching eloquence and then she freed herself a little from mrs chiley's arms i don't say perhaps that everybody will receive her but i mean to make an effort for my part and i shall certainly tell mr cavendish so if he ever speaks of it to me as for mr beverley he is going to be married too did not you hear he told me all about it himself one day said miss marjoribanks and i will ask him to-night if i may not tell you who the lady is it is quite a little romance and i hope we shall have two marriages and it will make it quite gay for the winter when you know all about it lucilla added tenderly by way of breaking the shock i am sure you will be pleased 
but instead of being pleased mrs chiley was speechless for the moment her fresh old cheeks grew ashy with dismay and horror the archdeacon too she cried gasping for breath oh lucilla my dear and you cried the old lady overwhelmed she held miss marchbanks fast and sobbed over her in the despair of the moment to think after all the pains that had been taken and all the hopes and all the speculations that neither the one nor the other was coming to anything if it should be that general after all and i cannot abide him sobbed lucilla's anxious friend but miss marjoribanks's genius carried her through this trial as well as through all the others which she had yet encountered on her way dear mrs chiley said lucilla it is so good of you to care but if it had been that i was thinking of i need never have come home at all you know and my object in life is just what it has always been to be a comfort to papa upon which mrs chiley kissed her young friend once more with lingering meaning my dear i don't know what they mean she said with indignation everybody knows men are great fools where women are concerned but i never knew what idiots they were until now and you are too good for them my darling said mrs chiley with indignant tenderness perhaps miss marjoribanks was in some respects of the same way of thinking she conducted her sympathetic friend to the garden door when it came to be time for everybody to go and dress with a certain pathetic elevation in her own person which was not out of accord with mrs chiley's virtuous wrath to have mrs mortimer and barbara lake preferred to her did not wound lucilla's pride one can be wounded in that way only by one's equals she thought of it with a certain mild pity and charitable contempt both these two men had had the chance of having her and this was how they had chosen and there can be little wonder if miss marjoribanks's compassion for them was mingled with a little friendly and condescending disdain it was however an ease to lucilla's mind that she had let mrs chiley know and was so far free to work out her plans without any fear of misconception and on the whole her old friend's tender indignation was not disagreeable to miss marjoribanks thus it was without any interval of repose to speak of that her lofty energies went on unwearied to overrule and guide the crisis which was to decide so many people's fate End of chapter 32 Recording by Maricel Quee